Good evening, and welcome back to A Journey Through Into Awareness. It's really wonderful for those of you that are with us every week. We want to thank you. And as always, I say that we hope that the guests we bring on and the topics we choose add to your life. So every guest we're privileged to have on our show is spectacular. And tonight, we have a remarkable guest. Yes, he's written a book. It's a great read. I loved it. But that's not why he is invited on the show. Tonight's show is unique. It's a story, a true story, about the life of a boy living in a tiny, sheltered mountain worn, torn village in Greece, 1940s, grown into a young adult much too quickly by seeing his father murdered before his eyes, angry and revengeful, who could blame him? This hurt 17-year-old climbs upon the Atlantic, a rickety cruise ship to deliver him into the arms of his uncle in the new land of America in 1952. Not knowing anything about this strange land spurned by the death of his father, he becomes a decorated soldier in the US Army against all odds. He finds himself coming up against racism so far into him. His faith and belief in God holds him strong and firm as he journeys through the unthinkable, tragedy after tragedy, God's grace after God's grace is revealed through his story as he is befriended and befriends Frank Sinatra, decorated war hero and um, actor in his time, Audie Murphy, Steinbrenner, and so many more stars. This story tells so much and it reveals even more yet. But it's more than just a story. I am proud to have this man on our show tonight. I loved the book because it is a true story inspired by integrity, his integrity. This good man of good conscience and courage, this man has the foundation creating this entertaining, heartfelt book, a truly remarkable man. Judy's not with me tonight and we miss her, but I'm sure she's listening and she says hello. And tonight, right now, I have the privilege of introducing our guest this evening Dino Pablo. Pablo. Hi, Dino. Hi, Jodianne. Thank you so much for being on our show tonight and saying yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You are just a terrific man. I am so incredibly moved um, by everything that you've been through. Um, Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, as a young boy, you know, you were caught up in the turmoil of the Civil War 
And uh, even witnessing the, the, the murder of your father, um, what can you tell us about that? What would you like to say about that? Oh, well, I can say a lot. Right now, Georgian, I can feel exactly how people out in Afghanistan feel who they are trapped in the turmoil behind enemy lines, especially communists. They are ruthless people. They murder my father in front of us for the crime he committed coming to America when he was a young boy like me. He make work very hard. He makes some money, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. And he turned to his hometown. That was his crime, loving America. So uh, you have no chance in the hands of communists if you uh, suspected that you were a person. They kill, but they don't kill ordinarily. They torture first. That's a bad thing about it. In order to in order to spread panic and fear. Yes, really, just terrible. Thank and, thank God I was picked as a as a war victim to immigrate to America, and I did. And I came 1952. Yes, I'm glad I got that date right. <laughs> there were so yes, many dates yes, in your book. Yes. So many incredible things happened, you know. You made the journey 11 days and 11 nights, carrying right. along bad memories. Bad. What were your first impressions as you arrived at the age of 17? There were a lot of impressions, but what I, uh, I remember always, and entering the harbor, passing the Statue of Liberty, excuse <laughs> me, and then looking at the New York skyline, all those big, tall buildings, you never see them before. And then I, uh, I felt the opportunities waiting for me, looking at the New York skyline. I think it's really important to mention to our viewers, uh, our listeners and viewers, that um, where you came from in Greece, uh, what was there? It was a very, very tiny village. I mean, you didn't oh, even have a small village, about 300 homes. Some of them they are two stories high, but they're all small, very, very small. Uh, and there was one road that... The tallest thing that we had there in Miami now, the skyscraper was a big tall trees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, and you, there was one uh, one little rickety truck, which was your dad's, that came up and down that one road. What every couple of weeks, I believe, your dad had yes. a store yes. there. Yes. It was like the That's mayor the of only... the town. Yes. Uh, a small. It was a dirt road at that time. That uh, if one little truck would go by, uh, you had to be careful taking a turn, maybe another one coming up, there was no room to pass. But uh, this didn't happen because it was only one traveling in that road yes. all the time. Yeah.
there was one truck, his dad's truck, and he would go into Tripoli, the bigger uh, a, a city, and he would bring back the goods that these 300 people right. out yeah. And he would Get bring it. and supply the town with all of these goods. That was the only way they had anything in this right. tiny little town. Can you imagine a boy 17 only having that for 17 years to, to get on a cruise ship back in those days? Oh my God, uh, I never, I never, <laughs> I never saw an ocean, <laughs> never. I never saw an ocean. Uh, no, no. As what a matter of fact, uh, uh, I got seasick so badly. Yes, you did, I read that, days. terrible. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you had a very well, nice relationship with the boy that was your Oh, roommate. yeah, Elias. Elias, yes. He actually, he brought us to America because we were frightened people. You could see everybody here. And then crossing the, Atl the Atlantic on January in the small vessel, you were all over the place. You thought we'll never make it. But Elias kept us going to his song. He started singing, singing, everybody gathered around him, the growing ups, the grab a bottle of wine, and that's how we got here. Otherwise, it was, it was horrible, terrible trip, but Elias made it, made it uh, comfortable. He brought us to America. Yes, yeah, he brought joy because this young boy yes. who was Dino's yes. roommate would sing and he brought everyone together that was terrified with these 11 a, days journeying. Right. What was the I, most I, I impressive? Be, I'm sorry, I'm Dino, get it. Yeah, I reunited with Elias here after many years afterwards. Name Elias Didi. Yes. Yes. That was lucky that he was your roommate too. <laughs> yes. At yes. the time, you know. Uh -huh. um, so we have a couple of um, uh, things I want to ask you. We have a lot of time left yet, but uh, that what was the most impressive uh, at the time of the things that you saw when you first arrived? I want you to tell the story of the uh, of the coat that you had on. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to a journey through into awareness. I'm Dr. George Andow. For those of you that um, I didn't introduce myself in, <laughs> in when we began. And we're here tonight with Dino Pavlov. And this is his book. And it's such a great one. 11 Days to the Promised Land. And we'll be right back. Thank you for joining us. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. 
We join together each Monday at 7 p.m. So tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. to a journey through into awareness we're here tonight with dino pavlo the author of this book 11 days to the promised land it's a great read it's a great read i'm just so taken aback by who this man is you'll have to forgive me (laughs) it's really remarkable so i mean so coming in on the ship after being sick and oh my goodness what a journey i don't think i could have done it you were 17 and you said that the statue of liberty my gosh what was the most impressive thing of your time when you arrived you told a great story uh you know sheep herders in his little mountain town and as he was leaving a man gave him a big uh a coat that smelled of goat or sheep it was a sheepskin coat. We had no clothes. Uh, the, the shepherd, they would make their own clothes out of sheepskin. However, it was very cold, very cold, freezing. We come a little bit to the warmer weather. That, that sheepskin coat is uh, smelling bad, <laughs> bad. So. But Dino, you didn't know that. You didn't know that. So when you arrived and you saw your uncle, everyone was looking at you. (laughs) I thought it was a normal thing to wear. And I came down wearing this sheep's coat with all all the uh, wool on it. And my uncle had a great sense of humor, which I found later afterwards. As we approached each other, he did look at me in the eye. He was looking behind my shoulder, like he was looking to see somebody. Finally, I got in front of him. I dropped the box that I had, and I tried to say hello. He was still looking behind me, and all of a sudden, he put his hands up and said, Well, what is your ship? <laughs> Oh, and that's so funny. From, like yourself, from people around, they start laughing. And I realized that I should not be wearing that coat. 
and I want a high somewhere. Yeah. Really great humor, great humor. You know, and as, as, as detailed in the book, you were drafted into the U.S. Army. Yes, the Korean War was going on strong when first win, so they will draft you at that time. And I was about a year here, my English was not that good, but I wanted to go. I wanted to go, and I did my best for that I wish to go, and I won. Yes, you did your best in everything, and you were able to get your frustration out from your uh, not really avenging your father's murderer. You were able to get some of your frustration out with that gun when you were in the army. Not that oh, you yeah. were shooting anyone. He was in Fort Dix, Fort Dix, New Jersey, taking the basic training. And uh, of course, they teach you how to use and everything. Finally, the day came to go and shoot live ammunition at the target. And there were three dollars, three dollars, one round at a time. I have one rifle, called nine. And then my turn came, and I went up to the line, and I set the rifle <laughs> through the sides, and something happened. Uh, that horrible day of May 1st, 1944, appeared in front of me. And the target was the silhouette of a man about 75 yards away. It morphed to me, to me. It morphed into a, a killer who killed my father. Sure. Makes sense. And I unleashed it. I mean, all night hours out. The, the target got destroyed, and I wanted more. Of course, I was in another world. It, I was uh, not a place where he taking orders anymore. And uh, a lieutenant came up with a field sergeant. They got the rifle. They pulled me off the line. And that's why they lied that, oh, oh uh, I did something bad here, you know. And I was afraid they were going to kick me out. Almost, almost. Right. But they didn't. They saw yeah. how valuable you were. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, could you could you tell us more about your, uh, would you like to talk more about, uh, you know, the army that you spent time oh, in? Oh, yes. There's uh, something that stuck into my mind today. It was, I was uh, about two weeks when I was called to see the company commander. And again, I thought, oh, they kicked me out. I don't speak English. But the uh, uh, captain explained to me that I was brought to America to work and support my family. But now, since I was drafted, the American government had a program for a soldiers in my case. They explained to me that if I will donate $50 out of my monthly payment, which was $91, the government will double that and send it back to my family. 
quickly I calculate that the my God you know those days <coughs> uh, hundred dollars in in Greece, especially in my village. Then I'd only feed my family, we'll feed the whole village. Oh, that's so <laughs> and I say, yes, let's do it right now. I said, don't you want to think about it? I said, no, I already thought about it. And, but then after that, I walked around, so happy and I said, oh, I can't do this. And I said, look at this. Uh, not only they brought me here to save me and help my family, now they supported my family across the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think in a lot of the countries they, can, they do that. Yeah. That's right. stuck in my mind. We're uh, very fortunate to be in this country. This is a great country we live in. Great country. It has, it has its faults. It's, like appreciated. it's, not, a, it's not fully appreciated. But yes, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Uh, it's not fully appreciated. The other thing that uh, I remember about the army is that I learned things that I would never learn even if I attend the best college in the country. Absolutely. I met, I learned discipline, perseverance, search for Bible, and brotherhood. You brotherhood. You don't learn that. Anywhere, anywhere to go through the life. And it yes. was at that time a great thing for every young man at 18, yes. 19 to go yes. in and learn those things. And it was and it was great and easy for you on some level because you already came from having so much strife and brotherhood exactly. within a small family, within a small exactly. community. I I truly believe today that it was a great mistake abolishing the draft. The greatest school there was, for me anyway. I went in, green kid, I came out ready to face life. Yeah. You know, in the you shared the stories of coming up against prejudice. You didn't know what that was, and uh, you stood up against it. Just so much integrity. You know, uh, I just, I, 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 I think you're terrific, Dino. And I love people from your generation in so many ways because, you know, it's like a dying breed. Can you yes. tell us a little bit about Audie Murphy? You met oh, Audie yes. Murphy? Yes. Audie yes. Murphy was a movie star in the 50s, in the early 50s, for those of you that haven't heard of him. But he was also the highest decorated officer in the U.S., in the United States and we met in Fort Knox, Kentucky. I was assigned to drive him around. By that time, he had become very, very popular. Uh, he was a household name, being a hero that he was received with ticketed parades and banquets. But then he become a big movie star in the Western movies, you know. Yet, yet, Audie Murphy, he was the down-to-earth Joe, down-to-earth guy from Texas. Him and I, we became friends. 
in three days. And I remember one day that I visited him in California, his adventure, his house, and we talked about those times. Yes. And I asked him, I said, was that the lack of the Irish that you survived? You defined death so many hundreds of times. <laughs> he said, it might have been the lack of the Irish, but I, I truly believe he was my ability of shooting fast, which I learned, he said, as a 10 years old in Texas, shooting robbers 10 years old to survive food for my family and myself. So if I didn't shoot fast, then I will lose my meal. In right. war, I will lose my life. Yeah. That is such a powerful, think about how none of us, you know, have that here in this country anymore um, that we're aware of. I'm sure there's people in Mississippi and, you know, different parts of, um, of our country that people still need to live that way. But, you know, he was, he learned to be such a good shot, which served him in the army and helped him survive and a yes. decorated war hero by learning by having to learn to shoot rabbits as a food source, oh, as a boy, because yeah. they were that poor. They were that poor. Isn't it fascinating when we look at our lives, how we can see in our early years that the struggles and, and the good fortune that we lived through, that God's hand was always in it because we needed it later in life. But at the time, in the early years of our life, we didn't know we were going to need it, but God made sure we had it. So powerful. I love the whole conversation we could have about destiny, but anyway, we'll be, it's so powerful. We'll be right back. We need to take another break. We'll be right back to a journey through uh, to awareness. I'm Dr. George Andow, and we're here tonight with Dino Pavlou. We'll be right back. Thanks for joining us. Uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc.
Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to A Journey Through Into Awareness. For those of you just joining us tonight, I'm Dr. George Andale, and we're here with Dino Pavlou. The author is of 11 Days to the Promised Land. So we're here discussing his journey, more than the book even. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's his journey. It's an incredible journey. So you met Audie Murphy, and that was the beginning of you meeting all of these fabulous movie stars. Yes. You, you, have, a, first... you have a golden crown around your head. Do you know? <laughs> like, yeah, so, I guess. What can you tell us Audie about Murphy Audie? was, was the yes. first celebrity, big time at that time, everybody knew him. Even in Europe, you Audie Murphy, all over the world. Uh, he was the first Celebrity for the many I will meet later in my life. Great yeah. guy. You met so many, right? And mostly, um, I love your story about how you met Frank Sinatra. Um, can you talk about that? How did you meet Frank yeah. Sinatra and how did you become such close friends? After I got out of the army, got discharged, I came back to New York and I wired uh, up with the waiter in a small but very classy nightclub. It's called Mabel Mercer's Byline Room. Now, Mabel Mercer was an English black lady singer who she also had a piece of that club. I said, singer. But she was different than any other singer that we know. And everybody knew it. In uh, the beginning, when I heard her singing, I, I didn't know why she sings like that. It was like a, a reciting a poem. But you could understand every word of it. You could uh, you put the tone to it supposed to be, and then make it they, uh, right away. Right away, it draws your attention. Well, mm -hmm. I was surprised to see that there were a lot of upcoming young singers. Papers later, they came in, listened to her, learned from her, like uh, Ella Fitzgerald, Nat King Cole. People like that, and the Astoria guy, Tony Bennett, he was there every night. 
What year was this, Dino? What year about? About. Uh, 56, around there, 56. The, gold, 56, the golden seven. times of, of New yes. York City, right? Yes. Right. And uh, the most, the person that came in to pay real attention was Frank Sinatra, you know. He named Mabel Mercer the singer singer, and later on he better have statement say that he learned a lot from Mabel Mercer. He loved the lady, he adored her. And uh, something happened there. It was a friction between partners. They didn't treat her Mabel fairly. And he intervened one late night, sticking up for Mabel, you know. Well, that led to a physical thing, and I was the only one. When I was called to tell my story to the lawyers, I said, well, I didn't see anything. At that time, I went to the kitchen and died right there. I was the only witness of the words. I was fired, of course, from my life. I didn't see, I, honestly, honestly, I can tell you right now, I didn't do that because he was Frank Sinatra. I did that because we love Mabel Mercer, everybody. He treated us, yeah. he treated us nicely, while the other two, they treated us like a, Yes, because you stood up, Dino. You stood up. You stood up for what you believed in your whole life. So I'm going to read an excerpt from your book, may I? Okay. So so Dino was working at this club, The Byline, as a very exclusive waiter. And all these different stars came in, and Frank Sinatra was one of them. So he got to know Dino. And um, Frank Sinatra loved what Mabel Mercer, who would sing there every night. It was partly her club, and she was melodic. And um, little by little, um, she wasn't there anymore. And Frank Sinatra was upset, along with many others. So Dino was cleaning up, and he was the only one there, him and I think the dishwasher. And um, the manager's name was Eddie. So Frank Sinatra comes storming in and pretty much he says, uh, he's, he's telling uh, this manager, Eddie, listen, you know, you didn't do the right thing. Where is Mabel? She's not, she's not, uh, not sick or, or she, you, you took her down, you took her down. And, and this, this manager's lying and Dino's watching all of this. And I love this. Sinatra goes up to him and says, now you listen to me, you slimy bastard. <laughs> He appeared to be pouncing on Eddie. This is Mabel's home. She made it. People didn't come here to see you. They came here to see Mabel. Bring her back. And when questioned, when and so Sinatra stormed out. There's more. Such a great book. When and uh, Sinatra stormed out, and of course Dino was brought into the mix to speak to this manager Eddie's attorneys, and Dino stood up for Frank Sinatra. As Dino has stood up for so many people throughout his life that the book reveals that people were just doing the wrong thing. 
and Dino yeah. took a stand. He lost his job there, but he was able to live with himself. Profound. My Thank kind you. of guy. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you. And we met. Uh, I left the white. I was fired from the white line. I got another job. Uh, two years later, not, not too long, two, two, three years later, I believe, I got a call from my professor. And she said, I'm opening up my own room. There was a, where I was working also, it called the round table. They had upstairs small room called the King Arthur room, which different entertainers were there for a few months. And she said, I'm going to be at the King Arthur room. Come up and work with me at the major day. And this was Mabel? Mabel Besser. Mabel Besser. Yeah. That's so great. Well, that's what I bought my first tuxedo. Uh. And on opening night, about 12 o'clock, who came in? Frank Sinatra, Gidi Rizzo, uh, Sammy Davis Jr., and Ella Fitzgerald. And, uh, well, I was, of course, somewhat expected, but what it followed, I never expected, <coughs> excuse me, I never expected. Handshake was okay. Hello was okay. Good evening, Mr. Sinatra. All right. But uh, the hug and... Hello, Greek. That was a surprise to me. That was a very <laughs> surprise. Uh, I start thinking at the moment that maybe Mabel had told him something what happened in my life. Sure. You know? Sure. And, that you stood up uh, for him. Sure. Well, I'm getting the orders I gave. Say, okay, I'll show you to your table, Mr. Sinatra. And he steps. In front, in front of me again, he said, very seriously now, he said, to my friends, it's Frank. Ah, uh, that's so beautiful. Get, I could never get myself to call him Frank, really. <laughs> uh, you know, until long after that. Yeah. That's how it started, right there. You mentioned never, in your book that... He never forgets, a very loyal man. He never forgets anything. Never. Right. So, right. Well, you were a, you're a very loyal man, right? Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned something that Frank Sinatra saved your life. Oh, yes. It was uh, many, many years that we... Uh, I had a very good life being immediately at Jimmy Wesson later on. But then something happened. Uh, my wife, very young, she died in 1981. And then things happened in my country back, which I did fell off the wagon, let's say. I did, uh, uh, yeah, fell off the wagon. I wasn't taking care of myself. A lot of hard drinking, 
lot of hard drinking. That was the environment too then, sure. With the environment. And one thing brings the other, the other one brings the other. Uh, I'm going to back a little bit, Jimmy Wexler later, we had all kinds of people coming in, including, including the bosses of the mafia. <laughs> but anyway, then I got involved a little bit with, with drugs also. Everybody walked away from me. Who was watching from a distance? It was Frank Sinatra. And he confronted me. He confronted me. And when he told me, I don't walk with losers, I did it. Oh, right man. there. Cold donkey, right there. Yeah, what a powerful man. Powerful. Beautiful. What a story. Oh, my gosh. We have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Dino, <laughs> with Dino Pablo um, yeah. and Frank Sinatra. <laughs> we'll yeah. be right back. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to A Journey Through Winter Awareness. We're here with Dino Pablo and the author of his book, 11 Days 
to the promised land. And what promised land it was for him, the ups and downs, the traumas and the graces. What a story um, and a true story at that. So um, we have about 12 minutes left. So um, among the pictures on your book cover, uh, you have a matchbox, uh, a matchbook of Jimmy Weston's Supper Club, as well as dedications to Mr. Weston. Please tell us a little about Weston. And you spent 20 years as a maitre d' there. Oh, my goodness. That's a long time. You must have met some incredible people, right? It was uh, different times. Different, different times. times. It was uh, the golden years that everybody was a friendly. You walk without a fear. Of course, everybody was working hard. Earning and but you had time for the people next to you, you know. Right. And of course, there were Jimmy Westerns. What a place! I tried to think of somebody famous, they come through it, and uh, how to, to find somebody. Uh, Nixon and Jackie Kennedy from the uh, politicians, then you got all the movie stars and the singers. Then you got all the big businessmen. Then you got you all had the big... Rat Pack, right? The Rat the Pack, Rat which Pack. was Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin. Dean Martin, all these people. And then you had the heads of the mafia because they like to be seen in a place like that. They're all in the same place, but you know something? They're all in there to have a good time. If you let me give you a, an example, what happened with it was remarkable. You you come in with your party of four, six, whatever, and I sit you at a table before you could order somebody, somebody will send you a drink. Then somebody there who knows you and you reciprocate back. Then somebody else. And you go in all around the room, everybody. Is buying somebody a drink. Of course, you get a big check at the end, but you never had a, ch a chance to buy a drink for your table. Everybody bought you a drink and you bought everybody else. It was a remarkable thing. It felt so good to lay there in the evening to go home and say, oh my goodness, I bought these people a drink. Maybe it was good. You feel, feel good. Friendly, uh, get to love. know people. Love, yes, yes, love, yes, love, friendship, beautiful. So, so many things happen to the place. <laughs> you need a week <laughs> to discuss this. Jimmy wow. was a, a beautiful person. Jimmy, I met him as an ex, as an ex detective. Believe it or not. But I couldn't imagine Jimmy could arrest anybody. It was a different person. Maybe there was another Jimmy there, I don't know. But uh, nice, nice person. He knew everybody and uh, loved everybody, really. And he had a vision, vision. I remember at the beginning, he told me, you know, he said, Copacabana is gone. Too sure is gone. The Latin chorus, New York is thirsty for a place like that now. He had a vision, and he, 
vision was correct. Correct. He was saying that the Copacabana was no more. No, no. It was, but there was not a Copacabana. It used to be like right. a nightclub, dancing and all that. Uh, we were the only, even people from, believe it or not, Europeans were uh, coming to, to New York, tourists. They put Jimmy Watson on the list and they come in once. That, that's a guy place. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Would yeah. you consider that you spoke a lot about the swinging years? It was this, what do you mean by the swinging years? Was it this time? The swinging years is that, uh, what I said before. Uh, yeah. Everybody worked, but everybody had a good time. Live without a fear, nice and easy, and uh, very, very friendly. When you see Jimmy Wessels, everybody together, cops and mafia, <laughs> and entertainers together, having a good time in one place. In one place, can you imagine that? In one oh, place. It's, un it's, it's unbelievable, yes. It is unbelievable. But that's what it was all over New York. It was all over New York, like I was not just a place. It was wow, all so over. Fabulous. Look at that. It's Look so, what a life you've so, led. So much change now that you can hardly recognize New York, really. You have all these incredible Life. signed autographs from Kirk Douglas. My gosh, Liza Minnelli, Gregory Peck, Billy Martin, Betty White. Um, it's just amazing. Brooke Shields. I mean, it's yes. just life yes. you've led. Right. But I remember, I remember Nixon. Nixon came in. It had a, Dinner about people. First of all, our audience people there they will applaud for two people only for Sinatra and George Tyburn because he brought so many championships to New York. He only gets applause. Now Nixon starts leaving with his party, and all of a sudden, people they start applauding. You know, and I'm by my desk saying good night, and she approaches me, took a serious step to me, and why the applause? It's because I'm living. He's not laughing himself. <laughs> it is because I'm living. And he cracked up laughing. You're a great humor, I thought. But on the other hand, you know, I call him Mr. President, and he was. To hear that, he looked at me to see if I met him, you know. Uh, it's great, Dino. Really great. So, so uh, you know, of all the of, of of all of the experiences you've had, we have a couple of minutes left. It goes so fast on the show, doesn't it? Speed uh, of all the um spoke about how Frank Sinatra fed the homeless and also he saved your life. Oh, yeah. Good man. And, you know, he saw that good in you. 
because it's so obvious by how you've lived, how good, what a good man you are. How is your life now and everything? How is it's fine, as you know, I suffer a stroke. That's right, talk like that. Uh, well, not you're doing too very ago. well, Dino. I'm doing well. I have a good family. Uh, my two daughters, Sefi and Olga, taking care of me. I have a lady also who helps. And also the veteran, the VA, the veteran's hospital help me a lot. Great. Well, Wonderful. I have something else. I have a, I have a grandson. Where is he? Oh, how beautiful. I, you see him? Oh, oh, he's so yeah. cute. Oh, he's, he's beautiful. my inspiration. We call, we don't call each other, he don't call me grandpa, and I call him grandson. We call each other bro, brother. Oh, isn't that bro. great? Yeah. So, Dino, so we have he, about a minute. We have a minute or two. I'm sorry. I wish, I wish we could be on for, for many hours with you. Can you, can I say hello to Effie? Let me see Effie. Effie, is Effie right is there? Right Let's say hello to Effie. Effie, come on. Hi, I'm here. Hi, Effie. Wonderful. I saw how beautiful Thank you sure are in the book and, and here on Zoom. Thank you so much tonight. Thank you. Thank, so you. Much. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, I would love to. I'm going to do that. And again, Dino's book, 11 Days to the Promised Land. So much in that book. So let oh. us end in prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Loving God, you fill all things with the fullness and hope that we can never comprehend. Thank you for leading us into a time where more of reality is being unveiled for all of us to see. We pray that you will take away our natural temptation to cynicism, denial, fear, and despair. Help us have the courage to awaken to greater truths, greater humility, and greater care for one another. May we place our hope in what matters and what lasts, trusting in your eternal presence in love. Listen to our heart's longing of our suffering world. We pray for all of those in Afghanistan, all of those all over the world that are hungry, homeless, sad, without hope. And we know, Lord, that you're hearing us better than we are speaking. We offer these prayers in all of the holy names of God. Amen. Dino, God bless you. Thank you, Thank my you. friend. You are an absolute blessing and an inspiration for all of us of courage, goodwill, and good conscience. Thank you for joining us. We have another great show next week. We hope to see you there with Judy. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night, good night. everyone. Good night. See you next Thank week. You.
Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. 